Welcome to The Trauma Room, a podcast that triggers. We will discuss all things traumatic here, mental health disorders, movies, TV shows, love, life, etc. Will the topics trigger some? Of course they will, but to get past the trauma, you will have to get to the room. Thanks for listening. So today's topic is going to be about spiritual abuse. So let's go ahead and dive in. So spiritual abuse and narcissistic relationships. So spiritual abuse is any type of power or control over someone using their religion or faith or beliefs as the way to control them. It can happen through your religious organization or through a personal relationship. And it is horrifying. I've dealt with spiritual abuse in my own life. And I can say that it truly at one point like damaged my relationship with God. And it was all due to the narcissistic relationship I was in. So this is definitely going to be triggering for some, including myself. (laughs) So I have to try not to get triggered while trying to explain this. Um, But so spiritual abuse in the narc, it's like when they will use everything in their power to make it seem like God did everything instead of them. So it's not just even talking in third person where they're like not recognizing that it's them or not taking accountability. They are like, well, God made me do this, not not me. So part of the examples of my own like spiritual abuse is when this person would be like, well, God told me to do this or God told me we shouldn't do this or that. And it's like, I'm pretty sure God is not telling you to bash me or emotionally abuse me every day. So where is this coming from? It's not coming from him. So I remember clearly just times where honestly my identity was not really found in God, but it was found in this person because I somehow honestly made this person my Jesus. So in Christianity, you know, Jesus is like the go-between, kind of the middleman. By the way, that's a horrible example. And Jesus is definitely greater and better than this example I'm giving him. But in this example, I'm just saying it this way. (laughs) So forgive me, Jesus, because you're better than the middleman. You are the man and and the glorious person. But in this example, so, you know, you're supposed to trust in Jesus, believe Jesus, and, you know, Jesus died for our sins. He was the ultimate sacrifice, but somehow wrapped in this insanity I was dealing with, this person became quote unquote Jesus, where anytime I wanted to talk to God or ask God things, or even like my value of what God thought about me would go through this person instead of me just going to God directly. And so 
that's where like the issue with spiritual abuse is so horrible because not only are you like dealing with a narc but you're dealing with a narc that's using like christianity or whatever type of faith they have where they think like they're actually coming from a, a holy place and that that's what makes it even worse because they think they're like helping you help saving you when in actuality they're like demonizing god and not even allowing God to work in your life himself. And so I can remember just instances where it would be like, oh, did God tell you not to go to church? So why why didn't you go to church today? Or, but but at the same time, if, the, if they didn't go to church, well, God told me I should take today off because it is Sabbath and God rests too. But if I don't go to church, then that's a sin or that's horrible. But if they don't go to church, God told them to not go to church that day. I believed I couldn't hear from God unless that person was around. They control how I worshipped. They were charismatic and would stand up and clap during church. I would sit and meditate on the word of God that I was hearing at that time. They would say things to me like, you are not feeling anything if you're not standing up and clapping. Or they would say, you're not worshiping correctly. And if I wasn't standing up, they would always prompt me to stand up during worship and prompt me to clap as well to show them that I was actually understanding the word of God I was hearing. Or it would also be, where you shouldn't hang out with these type of people, these type of friends, because they're not Christian or they're not holy or they drink or they believe in this and that. And it's like, you know, I'm pretty sure God hung out with prostitutes and sinners as well. So if Jesus can hang out with sinners and prostitutes, I'm pretty sure it's fine for me to be associated with these people too. But it was more about keeping keeping me isolated, keeping me by myself. And so just especially also just using like Bible verses to like confuse me and it just took a toll on me. And so like I was saying, like, honestly, it was to a point where like I thought God really hated me. I thought God like thought I was a horrible person thought I wasn't a good girlfriend, thought I was never going to be nothing. And it's just like, I allowed this person to be that much of an influence on me. It's, and it's, it's kind of like churches that like cults, you know, it's like I was in a one person cult and it just, it got to the point where it was just so bad like obedience equals sacrifice like that's in the bible but that's not referring to this situation or like the bible teaches submission okay the bible may or may not teach submission but first of all you're a boyfriend you're not my husband you're a boyfriend so i'm i'm definitely sure the bible doesn't even consider like boyfriend and girlfriend relationships real relationships at all so how are you telling me I should submit to you when 
you're not my husband. So it it just got ridiculous. Or iron sharpens iron. It's like, yes, but that's not that's not going to happen here because you won't even let me thrive in my own understanding of who Christ is. And it also wouldn't happen because I remember times where um, that person would be like, well, did you read your Bible today? Or we should do a Bible study and you should lead it. And it's like, I don't, I don't know what to say or do because I'm not even confident in what I'm, what I'm reading because I, I haven't tried to learn it on myself. I haven't tried to like understand who God is because you keep feeding who God is to me. And it's, it's just crazy. Like spiritual abuse alone is bad, but with a narc, it's just all the narcissistic things on top of that. And then spiritual abuse, it like really wears down on you. I can remember times where it just would be bad. Like it would be times where it would be like, oh, you shouldn't get your ears pierced because the Bible says this one particular thing about not piercing your ears or not piercing your flesh and not doing this or not doing that. And because I wanted to appease the narcissist, I wouldn't, well, for a time I wouldn't get my ears pierced, but then I did because I was like, elf you, like it's, I don't care because you're not the boss of me. But it just would be like to the extreme like, not only are people just narcissists, but they also get fundamental in their thinking about their religion, whatever it is. And they use that as a way to control. Because if God is saying do this, then you have to do it. Or if God is saying this is the right way, then you have to. And so it just got to a point where it would be so bad where they'd be like, well... God is telling me we should break up or God is telling me we should pray about this. And the end would always be like, God told me we should break up. And it's just like, stop saying God is telling you that and just say you would like to break up with me. Like it doesn't, it doesn't even make any sense. So some more characteristics of spiritual abuse that people could be aware of. And this is coming from a Christian standpoint, but it can be applied to any faith really is where the abuser often exploits the doctrine of the fallness or attack or belittle or condemn the victim. They also may cultivate or take advantage of their victim's consciousness in regard to moral matters in order to make them feel like the real problem is the victim's inferior spirituality. They may make the victim feel like the only reason they aren't better is because the victim is immature, which, whoo, that's what, that's what would happen. Like, oh, you're just a baby in Christ. Oh, you don't need to be lukewarm. Oh, you're just not on a spiritual level as me. I've gotten to a spiritual level where I'm just higher than you. And the classic fable, which is true, but not in when they're trying to spiritually abuse you. Like, oh, we're just not equally yoked. 
And it's like, yes, we're not equally yoked. It's like a double standard when they say it. Like, in actuality, it really is because we're not equally yoked. But it's not because I'm inferior or that person is inferior. It's because something is psychologically wrong with them and they can't see it. Spiritual abusers also exploit the doctrine to excuse or minimize the severity of their own behavior. They may try to convince the victim that since everyone is sinful, their abuse is normal and they shouldn't expect anything different. They also exploit the doctrines of forgiveness and reconciliation to demand that a victim forgive the abuser even if there's no real repentance. They may pressure the victim to move on as though any ongoing hurts as a result of their ungodly bitterness or resentment. They may demand that forgiveness equates to restoring of all previous conditions of their relationship, including contact, trust, communication. So this was definitely a big part of like, oh, well, God told me to break up with you. But then about a year and a half later, hey, just checking on you. God placed me on your heart. And I think it's time where he just told me you've grown so much as a Christian. So I think it's time to be back in your life. And <laughs> the caveat to that in parentheses is, oh, by the way, I'm going to treat you the same as before, but you're just supposed to take it because God told me to be with you again. And so I remember like being sick, having like a illness happen to me. And this person, this person actually said, this was the narcissism and spiritual abuse comes in. This person actually said, well, you probably got sick because you invoked a curse on you because you spoke illy about a woman or a man of God. And if that person happens to be me, oh, well, that's what they said. So not only with the spiritual abuse where I got sick because I was talking ill about someone God apparently adores, but the narcissistic abuse because I was talking ill <laughs> about someone God supposedly adores. Not anything to say like, oh, I hope you feel better or like, oh, I pray for you. But no, like basically this happened to you because you treated me wrongly. So God invoked a curse on you. Because you treated me wrongly. Like what kind of heck is that? What kind of, what is that? Like what kind of foolishness, absurdity, insecurity, ridiculous BS is that? Like who, who does that? But that's what narcissistic people do. So another thing is they will use the busyness, stress, pressure, or responsibilities of ministering to excuse abuse. They will use the Bible to justify abusive behavior and insinuate or state that if the victim understands the Bible differently, the difference of opinion is actually a produce of sin. Like, all these things are true. Like, oh, the Bible says it maybe doesn't like this topic. Or maybe it does. But the way I see God... He doesn't like this topic. So therefore, if you are saying you like it, therefore you and your church you go to are sinful and y'all not really Christian. Have a good day. They will use their apparent 
sophisticated knowledge of Bible to provision themselves outside of the teaching and authority of leaders. They will use the Christian community to protect the abuser and isolate the victim. The abuser may make himself or herself vital to ministries, in turn making the victim feel responsible. They also may manipulate others so that they think highly of the abuser and they think little of the victim, making the victim feel like they won't have any support if they did expose the abuser. This is also definitely true. So, big part of a narcissism is where they hide it to the world. And the easy way to hide that is if you're hiding behind Jesus. If you're like, oh, I'm the best choir boy or girl ever. I don't sin at all. I don't do anything wrong. But the person that's saying I abused them, you know, they just didn't understand the Bible correctly. And they were, you know, a young Christian. So I can understand how they see this wrong. But the truth is this way. Get out of here, please. It's out of control. They will isolate their victim socially, making excuses why the victim cannot participate in school or spiritual gatherings, limiting their access to either information, support, or both. So, lie to the victim about how they are regarded by the Christian community, isolating them as well. I remember one time they was like, oh, hey, I was at this party, which, parentheses, they always said you shouldn't go to parties because that's sinful. But they were at one Supposedly a Christian party, maybe, but not really. So, hey, I was at this party and I saw this this guy. And when I saw him, he just had the same spirit that you have upon you. And I was like, that's the same spirit you have. And you need to rebuke that. And that was just put on my heart because God can tell me what's on your spirit. It's, it's horrible. Attribute accusation against them to the work of Satan. Appeal to the work of evil spirits as explanation of the victim's behavior. Oh, you just need to repent of that. When it goes back to isolating, oh, you shouldn't be with those people, like I said earlier, because they just go to parties and they, they're not for you. Use the Bible passages about faithfulness in marriage to justify limiting the vi victim's social life. Use a Bible passage about rebuking to justify verbal abuse. Using Bible passages about unity to justifying the silence of the victim. So I think people don't talk about spiritual abuse enough. Like it happens outside of narcs, but definitely in. And so along with the gaslighting and everything else, it just makes you like really confused because you are you're trying to do what you feel is right and then you're trying to do what you feel like God is trying to tell you to do but it's so confusing because you can't even really hear God anymore I think for me like what helped a lot is when I stopped listening to that person for like messages from God and start listening to God myself and realizing what God was saying to me and not what God may have been saying 
to me through this other person. And I feel like also with church as well, it's like that. Like you can go listen to a pastor all day, but at the end of the day, you still need to open your Bible yourself. I know I got to the point where like I was not necessarily upset at God, but I didn't want to read my Bible because this person was telling me, well, you should read my, you should read your Bible and this is the version you should read. Also down to that, this is the version of Bible you should read. Why? Because it says more of what it wants you to, you, you to frame it. Like get out of here. It's just, it's just ridiculous. So until I like separated myself from that person and realized like, hey, this is like how God wants me to see him. It's not how you want me to see God, but how God wants me to see him. That's when I see God and I realize like God is not like, hey, you should break this person, it's okay for this person to break up with you and then keep coming back because I told him so. God is like, girl, I didn't tell him none of that. I don't even know who he talking to. He not talking to me because I wouldn't do that because I love you. <laughs> so it's not God at all. It it may be somebody else, but child, you need to you need to walk away and not talk to this person. That's what I'm telling you. Take your stuff, leave don't look back and go away and be free my child because I'm not I don't know who he talking to and once I did that and like had the confidence in God not myself but the confidence in God to realize like he was talking to me and he was ultimately trying to help me that's when I realized like this person like, no, it's wrong. And recognize, like, it's spiritual abuse on top of narcissistic abuse, on top of emotional abuse, and that it's not true. Even, like, once I did get away from the person for a while and learned, like, my theology and learned, like, more about God and was, like, super... That's another thing. Anytime, like... I was like super enthusiastic about God or like would say stuff about God. It's almost like they would get like horny. Like it would be weird. It'd be like, yes, you're talking about God, but it wouldn't be like in a, like, oh, that's great. Like they're actually getting knowledge about God. It would be like, yes, now I can use even more stuff but that backfired because the more I learned about God the more I could not argue with them but just be like this like what you're trying to teach me isn't true like okay the Bible does say stuff about flesh but I can get my ears pierced like I'm not going to hell if I get my ears pierced I'm not going to hell if I wear my hair a certain way I'm not going to hell if I join a sorority, like I'm not, that's not happening. So no, no, thank you. And they didn't like that. They didn't like that. I have found God for myself because when I found God for myself, I didn't, I didn't need them anymore. And a narc does not like when you don't need them anymore. So (laughs) 
to this day, it's just conversations that even, I would say, in the past few years that come up that they're still, like, refuting, like, oh, this is why this happened. And it's like, no, it happened because you were trying to control me through God. Like, they find any way to control you. Like, if you, like, if you're a Christian, through God. If you're a Buddhist, through Buddha. If you're whatever, through whatever faith you are, they'll try to use that to contort that to their beliefs and what they think. And it's all about control. It always boils down to control. How can I control this person? What's the most thing I can use to control this person? Oh, this person is a very religious person. This person believes in God. Let me just use God to control them. Oh, I feel like God is telling me this about you. It's never coming from a place of God. It's never coming from a place of, I want God to help you. It's coming from a place of, I'm going to say this is God, but it's really me trying to control you through God. And using Bible verses, Bible phrases, using any kind of thing, it's almost like indoctrinating you. Like it's indoctrinating you into their religion which their religion is all about them, the narc religion. And so they just, it's just sad. And yes, I can admit that I was a victim of that a long time ago. And even then, like I said, once I got like with God myself and like, hey God, can we have a sidebar? Like really, like real talk. Like, have you been talking to this guy about me? No. Okay, thank you. <laughs> like, until you just know God, you have to know God yourself. In relationships with people, with church, with anything, you have to know God yourself. You can't just rely on people to know God. And at the time, I would say, like, I knew God and I, you know, was trying to find out, like, who God was to me and everything. And that person actually, honestly, just took advantage of it. And, you know, doing this podcast is not like a way that I'm trying to bash the person or being like, look at them. It's just that I went through the experience. So the best way to explain it to people is to explain my experiences. I would say if you know or are this person, well... Uh, congratulations, <laughs> but disclaimer, I'm not trying to hype this person up, which since they are still a narc, they probably be like, well, there they go talking about me. All they could do is talk about me. No, I'm talking about the experiences that happen to involve you because I'm sure it will help other people that have been through experiences that are similar because spiritual abuse is definitely out there. Like I said, not just with being a narc by itself, but on top of being a narc, it's all about that control in any way. It would just also be like, ooh, especially if like you all had kids together, it would be like, I could control this person through the kids or I could control this person through whatever. And I think a lot of the spiritual abuse comes from also fear and intimidation just like 
You don't want God to be mad at you, so you should listen to me so he won't be mad at you. And the audacity of someone to say that is just wrong. But it, I mean, it happens in a lot of relationships and a lot of marriages as well. It just happens all the time where you see like the wife being there because, well, God told us we should stay together. God told us it'll work out. And I'm, I'm sorry. Like, some things don't work out. Like I know a lot of Christian people or a lot of churchy people don't want to hear that, but sometimes marriages don't work out and they shouldn't. Like if someone's physically abusing you, why be like, well, God told me to stay. No, get the, get out. If someone's emotionally abusing you, well, God told me to stay. No, get out. Like it's not, Well, God told me, oh, he cheated on me 18 times, but I'm still finna be by his side. I'm sorry, but that's that's just, in my opinion, that's just stupid. That's just stupid. I know each person can tolerate whatever they can tolerate, but my opinion, that's just stupid. Because it makes no sense. Like, why would you stay with someone that's being that way towards you? And I get, like... It's confusing because I was there. It's like, why would you stay with them? And you hope the best for them. You hope they're going to change, but they're not. Like, especially if they're using spiritual abuse, it's just going to get worse. The longer you stay in that, it's just going to get worse. And then your identity will not be in Christ. Your identity will be in that person. And if you ever find your identity in someone else besides Christ, then... It's it's going to be lost cause because now they're your ruler. Now they're your saint. And guess what? In their eyes, you'll always be the sinner. Once again, thanks for listening to The Trauma Room, a podcast that triggers. The next patient will be seen shortly.